It's Wednesday the 17th of March. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and Shane Lee is with me. How are you, Shana? I am great, thanks, Timmy. And uh, we're only a day away from the AFL now, mate, so I'm looking forward to that as well. It all bounces off. And, of course, you can still get in for that cricket bat, the Spartan Sports Cricket Bat, signed by Chris Gale. It's the same type of bat he used when he plays. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and someone will be lucky enough to walk away with the bat. We've got a big show on the way. Of course, we're going to preview all the AFL with Corey McKernan. And, of course, you know, we get two Doses of madness every week. Lovely madness. John Stephenson's with us. Shane, interesting comments on NRL 360. James Graham virtually saying he would have been prepared to die on the field. The discussion point was around concussion. Seems slightly over the top to me. Yeah, it does. Um, and he said it was he was posturing a little bit when he was playing, saying that you know he had to try and be the hard man for the Bulldogs and the Dragons and obviously over in the UK. But look, I, I, I think he was serious too. And it's, it's really hard to fathom that he would be prepared to you know, risk his life out there, particularly now he's got kids. And um, yeah, it's uh, he said football's his life and he would have done anything to, to, uh, to play. And if that meant putting his life in danger, so be it. But um, yeah, pretty much an over-the-top comment, I think. It's a big issue, concussion. It's not going mm. away in any of these sports, that's for sure. Now, just drifting down the road a little bit, of course, the AFL starts tomorrow night. It bounces underway. Damien Hardwick has been part of the off-field drama all summer. We've been hearing all about Nathan Buckley as well and, of course, everything happening at Collingwood. But it looks like he has re-signed at Richmond for another three years, the coach. Yep, Richmond are putting this one behind them. Um, they've signed him for three years. That'll take him up to 2024. Um, he'll, he'll have 15 seasons at Richmond um, at the end of his tenure, uh, 2024. But, yeah, um, obviously the off-field dramas with, uh, with the staff member Alexander Crow and his, his marriage breaking down. But, um, yeah, Richmond putting that one behind him and uh, moving on and uh, letting the coach get on with it. He is a good coach. Oh, he's he's had a fantastic record. And, and by that, they're virtually saying that, you know, he's got all our support, doesn't he? Yep. So uh, anyway, we'll move on with that. We'll watch how they go. Of course, they are up against Carlton. 50,000 people at the MCG tomorrow night. What about Marcus Harris? He keeps getting some runs, doesn't he? He does, mate. He's a funny one. He, and he scored more hundreds um, than any other batsman um, in the last five years of Sheffield Shield cricket, um, 10 in total. Um, you know, and he scored a big 239 as well. I'm still not convinced with, with Marcus Harris. I think there are better options out there with the Australian team. And I can just see James Anderson probably in his last Ashes series tearing him apart. But saying that, James Anderson has knocked over a lot of batsmen in his time. But all he can do is score runs and put it, put his name up there in lights. But um, apparently it was a really, really good 100 as well where um, most of his uh, – teammates were falling around him. So Marcus Harris doing nothing wrong, but uh, I'm still not 100% convinced. Mm, he's got a bit of pugnacious uh, nature, doesn't he, Marcus Harris? be interesting to watch. Now, James Anderson, you would have just missed him, wouldn't you? You would have been just... Or did you, did you ever play against him in any capacity when he was young? 
Yeah, we did. Um, I remember we played him here in Sydney in around 96. He started just in the one-day team. Um, he had a funny sort of action there, and Mark Wall said, this guy won't last a season. <laughs> and, uh, geez, Mark Wall was wrong. Um, yeah, he's taken, what, 600 test wickets now, so uh, or 500 test wickets, I should say. Um, he, he's a great bowler. Yeah, we could all get it wrong sometimes. I, I love some of the sledges, Mark Wall and Ronnie Arani, wasn't it? Uh, he said to Ronnie Arani, he said, oh, you're not good enough to be in this English team. And he said, well, at least I'm the best player in my family. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was some pretty good sledge that one, but um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's always good. A bit of sledging on the field, but mate, these days you can't say anything out there as well. You get you get in trouble. Did you ever come up with a ripper? Did you ever have a great one? I remember playing um, Ed Cowan. Um, I was just captaining Mossman, and Ed Cowan was making a lot of runs in grade cricket, and I was in the New South Wales captain at the time. And um, he's a uh, Sydney University boy, and. Uh, the first over I was at first slip, he played and missed about six times, and um, I just said, I hope you're starting as well, mate. <laughs> he oh, smiled at me and nicked out next over. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Nothing like a good sledge. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Corey McKernan. He's excited. The AFL's just about to start. Time to talk AFL, and of course, he was a two-time champion with the Kangaroos. Corey McKernan, my dear friend, how are you, buddy? Good morning, boys. Not long now. We're getting very, very close. Well, kicks off tomorrow night, Richmond Carlton. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, just uh, very, very excited about the prospect of uh, everyone going back to the home of footy, the MCG, albeit 50,000 people, but... 50,000 rabid Carlton and Richmond fans, old rivals, MCG. It's uh, fantastic. It's going to be a sight to be to hold. And I think the weather in Melbourne is going to be 26 degrees, so it does not get any better than that. I've been talking to people, no doubt you have as well, Corey. There is such an air of excitement. It's palpable, isn't it, for those that love going to watch footy? Well, you know what it is in Melbourne? I think for people that don't know, it's it's such in the, the culture in Melbourne um, to actually go to the game. And, and uh, someone hit it on the head as I was watching some of the footy shows. I said it feels a little bit like grand final week this week because the rush to get tickets and want to go to the game. So, mm. yeah, I know that they're, uh, they're pretty much – there's a lot of fans frothing at the mouth about getting to the footy this week. The other thing too is, is around the membership. Um, people really love – keeping their membership. I know one of my, my mate's grandfather who was a, a mad Collingwood supporter, he moved to Brisbane something like 30 years ago and he still kept his full membership with Collingwood even though he didn't go to the games. It's unbelievable, isn't it, the support? Yeah, they are very lucky with the club, like with the membership and the way it works in the AFL. You, well, at the moment you've got, I think Richmond and West Coast have got both over 100,000 members at the moment. So, uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty passionate when it comes to the AFL. Now, Corey, we're talking to Shane just before about sledging, and he we were doing some good sledges. What was the best sledge you were involved with, either giving it out or copying it back? Do you remember that you can air on the podcast? The ones, that, the one that was actually pretty funny is that mm. Wayne Carey was standing in the middle of the MCG, and we're playing lowly Fitzroy in nineteen ninety six, and um, the ball was down the other end of the ground, and I was standing behind him. He yelled out to the bench to the interchange bench and you got John King, our trainer, to, he got him to run out in the middle of the MCG and John King runs out and I'm standing right behind him and he goes, yes, Wayne, what are you after? And he goes, can you go get me a record? Mm-hmm. And, a, and a footy record's like, you know what I mean, a bit of a program before the game 
And um, the trainer goes, why? He goes, well, I don't know who this bloke is. <laughs> Meaning the opponent that he was playing on. So. He'd probably kick six on him, yeah. Hey, um, Damien Hardwick uh, has re-signed with the Tigers. That, that'll take him up to 2024 and it'll be his 15th season, putting all those dramas in the off-season behind them, hopefully. Yeah, well, look, I, I think now that the footy's starting and, uh, yeah, well, look, it was always on the cards. And, it's, it, look, it's an a, a, amazing when you think that at one stage Dimmer was very, very close to not being coach of the Richmond Footy Club and, and all of a sudden everything clicked in three flags out of four years. It's it's thoroughly deserved. Mm-hmm. Like from a footy point of view, 100% he's, he, you know, I mean, he deserves a, a long-term contract. The other one that was full of drama over the over the summer months, of course, was Collingwood and Nathan Buckley. He answered all the questions yesterday. They all came at him, didn't he? What about Eddie? What about Trelaw? What about this? What about that? And he basically, he looked like he was ready for it. And he quoted uh, the attitude and position of Pendlebury saying that this is the guy that we need to be like and this is what we're focusing on and that is football. And of course, um, he sort of tended to just throw that line down the road each time. Again, he said if he thinks it's going to be best for the club, he's happy not to to, to coach on in uh, in and beyond his 10th year. What do you make of what uh, Bucks had to say? Oh, look, I think they're all pretty stock standard line and length type answers. I think they're, they're the only things he can say. But, you know, I mean, we know that, you know, I mean, if Collingwood get off to a bad start, like, you know, we know what all all media's like. They're going to be uh, they're going to be on to anyone, let alone Nathan Buckley. So, it was, look, it was nothing that he said that was line and length. And even um, I know you're going to ask him about Adam Trelaw. Like even at, mm-hmm. seeing Adam Trelaw uh, on on the on AFL 360 last night, Adam Trelaw. Every time I hear him speak, is incredibly impressive. I, I just think it's an incredibly sad situation that you lose a quality person like that out of your footy club, whatever the circumstances are. And if it is true that, I don't know, that Collingwood were, they didn't think that he was going to be able to cope with the rigours of football without having his partner there and that was going to affect his mental health. I, I, given the work that I do in the, in, in the space of uh, mental health, I, I thought that was pretty bad actually. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like there's more of a rift between him and the coach, I think. But Adam Troll, he is a wonderful footballer. How, how will he go in the Western Bulldogs setup, do you think? Well, he just adds to a wonderful midfield that they've already got, mm. you know what I mean? And, and probably gives them a bit more experience again. And look, it'll be, uh, isn't it funny? We didn't have to wait too long. It's like a WWE script in the wrestling that who would have thought that yeah. round one of the, the AFL or the AFL weren't stupid that. Let's let's put the Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood round one and, and let's see how they go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's going to be quite a game. What are you looking for this weekend? Any clubs in particular that you're looking at to uh, really bounce out of the ground? That, uh, I enjoyed that, that Matthew Flynn story at GWS. 1,944 days since joining the club. He's finally going to make his debut and all those teary phone calls to his parents. An extraordinary story of resilience. Oh, look, it is like whenever you see anyone go through what he's actually been through, um, I, yeah, I just thought it was, was, was fantastic. But I don't, I don't really want to see him get off to too good of a start because I think he's taken on my brother St Kilda on the, on the weekend. And St Kilda had had their own troubles with um, Max King knocking himself out with a, with a golf ball. And, um, 
Yeah, so it's it's interesting the Saints and there's all these uh, little little backstories. But look, it's just great to have the have the football back. I don't think there's anything in particular. I, I think just the number one thing is actually seeing the game at the MCG played with fan, fans again. I think the first two games, we've got two great games first up where we've got Carlton and Richmond with 50,000. Then you'll have Western Bulldogs, Bulldogs and Collingwood with 50,000. So I'm just looking forward to seeing the G with, with fans again. Yeah, I can't wait either. Let's have a quick uh, look at the NFL. Drew Brees retired at age 42. Yeah, look, it was it was, it was was part of, or obviously reasonably expected. Look, he leaves the game in, as one of the more decorated players in terms of what he's achieved. Um, there were probably a few New Orleans fans that at the end felt like he was struggling a little bit, but with how much he'd done for the game and how much he'd done for that city, like he brought them a Super Bowl and also the amount of charity work off the field, he's raised something like $35 million. So to have that sort of have that sort of person and what he's done in, the, in that town, he's left a, you know, I mean, huge shoes to fill. And what about Gronkowski at uh, New England? He's Tom Brady's good mate. He's just re-signed for a cool 10 mil. Yeah, well, he re-signed at the Bucks. There was talk that he was going to go and uh, maybe test the free agency, but I think um, he's not stupid. When he knows that Tom's going to continually throw him the ball, I think he knows where his bread's buttered. But, look, the Bucks are in that process at the moment. They did have a lot of free a- free agents in this offseason, but in the end, it's quite interesting with the Bucks that, Obviously, they've flipped full circle. Instead of having to pay overs to get players, they're now ha- they can they're in the luxury where they can pay unders because everyone's perceiving them. They're in the window of winning Super Bowls. So, you know, I mean, they're they're picking. Look, Gronkowski probably could have could have gone out to market and got twenty million a year, but he's obviously gone not the idea of winning. Well, uh, Gronkowski's won four Super Bowls himself, so yeah. the idea of winning a fifth one for him is obviously pretty appealing, and taking less money is is, is more attractive. Gronk's not going to struggle from a financial point of view once he finishes the game. Trust me, like he was already doing wrestling. He was doing commentary. He ain't going to be short of a quid. And uh, and by the way, does he's has a very attractive girlfriend that's in the media as well. <laughs> Good on him. Okay, just quickly, mate, tips for uh, Richmond Carlton uh, and Collingwood Bulldogs. Look, it's hard to go past the, the Tigers in, in, in round one, though yeah. I do expect Carlton to give it a real, real shake. Um but it's hard to go past Richmond round one. And in the other one, I, I just think the Bulldogs are, are humming along at the moment. So I'm, I'm going to go the Bulldogs over the Pies and a uh, wow, okay. bit of pressure on the Pies and uh, Carlton after round one. And guess who plays each other round two after that? Carlton and Collingwood round two. So won't that be Ooh. fun if they've both been winless? Yeah, and of course that one, that's a clock back to, to our era when we were boys. Look, Corey, it's always good to chat, and uh, we will no doubt talk throughout the season. There is a real uh, feel of normality. We've got people back watching footy here in Australia, and uh, aren't they going to love it? Chat soon. Fingers crossed, boys. <laughs> Coming up on Afternoon Sport, yeah, he's he's one crazy cat, but we love him and he loves his sport and he was a former great runner, John Stephenson, just around the corner. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com.
John Stephenson, how are you today, my friend? Hi, hi, Timmy Gill. Hey, I'm feeling good today, man. I'm ready to rock. There's so much going on in the world of sport, and I just could not wait to talk to you today, my brother. Yeah, well, I always love talking to you as well, and it's great when you're in that high-spirited mood. You haven't been doing something like playing golf, which would wear you out, or sipping pina coladas at a resort or something, which would really lay you down. You've been resting up, which is good to see that you haven't been going too hard, John, and looking after your pretty little body of yours. Now, John... What about some of these athletes? We've got Japan coming up. It looks like it's going to happen. We've got pole vaulters bursting through the roof. We've got athletes doing PBs left, right and centre. Tell me more. Hi, Timmy. You could not be further from the truth when it comes to the state of athletics. And I'm going to give a couple of really – no, I'm going to give a couple of really honourable mentions to a young girl by the name of Nina Kennedy. Now, for those who have been watching sport or avid sports lovers, you would have seen the results over the weekend at the Sydney Track Classic. She broke the strain record in the pole vault. Now, this is a young girl that I've watched from 2013 who was a very good junior, and she's just progressed – I call it the actual pole vault farm in Perth uh, where Alex Parnov, who famously coached Dmitry Markov uh, to jump six metres, Paul Burgess to jump six metres, and Steve Hooker, we all know, who won Olympic gold to jump over six metres as well. And then Steve became, I think, one of the greatest pole vaulters Australia's ever had. Now, I mentioned the name by Paul Burgess. Paul Burgess is actually now Nina Kennedy's coach and Paul actually runs I call this pole vault farm in Perth where he coaches a number of pole vaulters as well as Curtis Marshall who is the well, I think he's the top male pole vaulter in the country at the moment. And he also coached the young kid who's moved to France, who now runs and competes for, for, for France. So the pedigree for excellence has been there. To watch Nina break this strain record and jump four metres 82 was magnificent. I think Nina, if they nurture her really well between now and Tokyo, this is a name you need to watch that will win a medal in the Olympic Games. Now, it's always very hard in pole vault because you've got heights, you've got winds and there's setup, there's pole stiffnesses, etc., which I know you love good old pole stiffness. Tim. Um, so it's, it's it's really important that they sort of get that. <laughs> John, what were you talking about when you said I couldn't be further from the truth when I actually said that this pole vaulter had done something good and you, you went on to give us the history of pole vaulting and say she had done good. So what were you talking about? To be honest with you, I actually try to sound smarter than what I really was and messed it all up in the beginning. But the mm. main thing is I got there. I, I got to the point that Athletics and what happened a week in the City Track Classic was awesome. And it's not only happening on a domestic front, it's also happening internationally with young Charlie Hunter who ran 800 metres at the NC2A, winning the championship indoors, which we don't have a pedigree of indoor runners from Australia because we don't have indoor tracks. So normally that sort of happens over in Europe, happens in America where they actually have an indoor season. Charlie Hunter runs for Oregon University, which is a very famous distance running where Steve Prefontaine, a very famous distance runner for America, trained. And that's where the Nike headquarters basically is. So um, Charlie ran and, and won the NC2 Adamita Championship and in, in, in a time around one minute 45, which is flying indoors, it's absolutely flying. Uh, and it shows like, you know, you've got Peter Bowl, Joseph Deng in the 800, Jeff Risley. Um, we've got a really strong sort of pedigree in 800 meters at the moment. And to have Charlie Hunter sort of putting his name up in the mix as well, it shows that in athletics, he's in a good spot. And especially that's 800 is quite a blue ribbon event um, when you mm. go to Olympic Games. It's technical enough where, where you know, no, just pure excellence and strength doesn't shine through. So, mm. um, 
you know, that, that was an awesome performance internationally. Um, and then also at home, back at the Sydney Track Classic, we saw Riley Day finally break 23 seconds and get an Olympic qualifier, which, look, to be honest, I don't think it's an, a super outstanding performance, but it's a step in the right direction. She's going to have to do a lot more than that once she gets to Olympic Games. But she's she's a young girl that I wa- worked with when I did Nitro Athletics. When Usain Bolt came in, we tried to change the format of athletics. And at the time, she was 16 and... Um, I know the federation were, were a bit of, were, was quite alarmed that I was putting such a young girl in such a competition. But I'm a big believer. You sort of expose them, and you're like the field of dreams. You, you give them the field, and they shall come. You know. And she had that opportunity, and she's just gone, grown each year. And I think she's finally starting to blossom and, and become an athlete that she's meant to be. But it's a step in the right direction. She ran, you know, a time of twenty two seventy seven, mm. if I'm corrected, um, which is which is which is relatively. It's pretty quick. It's not slow. So. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for the next three months, but I'd like to see it improve just a little bit more, at least to make a final. I think she's going to have to at least run 22-2 to 22, under 22-5 to make the final Olympic Games, I reckon. So, um, but but in saying that, it still was a great performance and um, and I'm looking forward to see how she runs in Tokyo. So you're a big believer in uh, Joseph Sawali and this new rule of the NRL allowing him to play pre-18. If they're good enough, they're old enough. Is that your thoughts? I like to think so. I mean, he's playing reserve reserve grade at the moment against, you know, essentially, you know, rugby league in, in New South Wales is that tough. When you're playing reserve grade, it's almost, in some in some instances, technically it's not as advanced as what the top guys are. But as far as the body-to-body contact and what you'd be worried about for a younger kid, it's, it's almost more fierce, right? Because guys are playing for that top spot and they're not protecting nothing, right? So the fact that this this kid is going there and carving him up, I'm thinking, you know, it's it's – you know, I don't think it should be a written rule, but it's, there should definitely be exemptions for that specific that specific case um, because it also encourages young kids his age that they don't have to wait until they're 21 or they're older. It actually encourages them to stay in the sport that, hey, if you persist, you become good enough. You might get the same opportunity this young bloke got, which I think is exciting. The same, the same opportunities that we saw when Ian Thorpe was as young as what he was winning world championships in Perth um, back in the 90s, you know? So... Um, you know, I don't think it's great for a professional athlete. I kind of like seeing a professional athlete be a bit older because I think, you know, the professionalism and what, what it entails is hard on a young kid's mind mentally. So I do understand that. But we're talking pure physically. I think the kid should be able to play. Okay. Now, we saw the loss of a couple of legends this week in, in two corner two corners that you love, both boxing and motorsport. So Murray Walker, age 97, and of course, that's a good long life. But Marvin Hagler was only in his 60s, and that was a real a real surprise. Real surprise, Tim. Um, I, As you know, I, I did boxing as a kid. Um, you know, growing up, you, the names that you, that you grew up with, if you loved boxing, was Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Marvin Hagler, and Roberto Duran, that that era in that weight category was just, it was some of the greatest fighters of all times, you know, all fighting one another. That's what we complain about now in boxing, right? We complain about the fact that these people dodge each other and they don't want to fight. Um, we'll get to Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, but, but, and, and that's a prime example of how long it's taken for that fight to, 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 to come about. But back to marvelous Marvin Hagler, he was a fierce, fierce, fierce boxer. It's so funny. You know, in that era, you'd see Sugar Ray Leonard lose to Tommy Hearns. You didn't watch Tommy Hearns lose to Marvin Hagler. Then you watch Marvin Hagler lose to, you know, to, it was just, it was such a, it was, mm. the matchups were intense. And um, to see him go so young is is quite sad. There's rumors that he was, he had his COVID injection. There might've been implications with that and, and which made him sick. I mean, I think the jury's still out with that, but just to lose a grade in boxing like that um, was quite sad. And, 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 and Mr. Walker, I mean, I mean, hey, if you love motorsport, 
it, it was, yes, you love the cars, but listening to that guy's voice. It's go, 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 go. Wow, wow. To even use this, just impersonating him is sensational. You know, like I, I can hear his voice ringing in my head just from every olden day footage uh, of, of Formula One from your Ayrton Senna days, your Damon Hill days, your Nigel Mansell days, your Alan Prost days. You know, you just you just hear his voice. And if you did not hear his voice when you're watching Formula One, it just, it just felt so, so wrong. It's very similar to Bruce McAvaney. You love hearing him call the footy. You love hearing him call the horse races. You love hearing his voice because you actually feel complete when you're watching that chosen sport. So I'm really sad to, to see the loss of both those guys. And um, unfortunately, that's just life, right? Yeah, it is. We're not here forever. And uh, yeah, but uh, a sad a sad moment to see the greats when they go. But uh, you paid a nice tribute there to Marvin Hagler and to the wonderful Murray Walker. John, just changing tack slightly. We will talk more about uh, this this big fight later in the week, I think, because we're going to be a bit done for time. Why are you so up today? What, what, what What's that little bit of magic in you today? Where, where's that coming from? I actually had extra rest yesterday. I was actually mm-hmm. feeling quite tired yesterday. I listened mm-hmm. to my body. I yeah. took the time off and I kind of feel the rains have cleansed me. I was out in the rain. Mm. I was working with people today. I feel mm. cleansed. I feel happy. I'm just, look, I'm just, I thought after last week, I was very down. I thought this yep. week, I'm going to flip it and reverse it. Come with the good vibrations. Nice. You'd never be, now then take this for what it's, you'd never be called selfish, would you ever? You wouldn't allow that to happen. Would that be unreasonable? I really feel like you're using this forum to air our dirty laundry, and I really don't appreciate it. Like, <laughs> I, I really feel judged. You know, like, like I, I got judged enough at home, and I got judged enough through my running career. I don't need you to now come on this podcast and start judging me, Tim. I don't need that. Dan, the producer, can you just interject with something? Just what? And you've got an offering here? No, I've got nothing. <laughs> He's gone to sleep as well. He needs a rest. All right. We'll finish this Are we now. still recording? <laughs> Sorry. Are we still <laughs> recording? See you, John. See you, Dan. Love you, Timmy. You too. And you, Dan. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today, John Stephens and Corey McKernan and our sponsors, Shane. Yeah, our great sponsors, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And, of course, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, and you could be in the running or you will be in the running for the Chris Gale-signed cricket bat. And, of course, thank you to our producer, Dan, the podcast man, McHugh. See you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.